So I tell everybody else, start with the end in mind and the end being a freebie, because once they're on your email list, you have so much more ownership of understanding their behavior, what they open, what they click on, if they respond, all that good stuff. So if our end goal is our free resource, and then we reverse engineer to the beginning, and let's say your main platform is Instagram, the very beginning is an Instagram post, and the very end is they opted in. This is a jam-packed episode with Shannon Madston. She is the CEO and founder of The Social Bungalow. If you are not familiar, she helps women build sophisticated businesses, and she does this all through marketing. Her thing is building a sticky digital web, and we get right into it. She explains what that means, and she has this amazing process of marketing that you can do to bring leads to you, which as you know... If you've been here for a while, when the leads come to you, it is so much easier to convert them into sales. She's going to talk about her content creation process, and she's breaking out step-by-step how you can do this, how you can not just get more followers on social media, but how you can engage with them and do this in a way where it's so streamlined and systematized that creating content is your number one lead generator. Like you could create content and post it and share it and people will come, they will get stuck to you and your business will become a profit machine like hers has. And then she took some of that profit and opened up a coffee shop because that was one of her dreams. So hey, you're gonna love this episode. I love this episode. We link to some amazing things here in the show notes because you are going to wanna find out more about Shannon and what she offers when you are done listening to her here on Become a Media Maven. Ever wonder how some people seem to get all the media coverage, but you don't? Go behind the scenes with a TV reporter, national on-air host, and news contributor who has interviewed celebrities, took you inside the Versace mansion, and even stood on a chair to interview basketball legend Alonzo Mourning. Get ready, because Become a Media Maven is the podcast where Christina Nicholson is sharing secrets from her years in front of the camera, in the editing booth, and now behind the podcast mic. Hello. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. I'm so excited to have you here. I've been seeing your beautiful Instagram posts and all of the things you do over there, and I thought she needs to come and chat with my audience about all of the things. And a word or a few words that you use a lot that I need you to explain, because I feel like this is a must for everybody, is sticky digital web. Yes. At one time I was giving a talk and I asked the audience to to say web when I said sticky, and it was the most fulfilling experience. (laughs) (laughs) But yes, kind of confusing. So what I... um, have heard in like the, the, the traditional marketing terminology utilized in my corporate experience was inbound. So like you have your inbound marketing and your outbound marketing, and really it's like, what does that mean? And it could be everything. And it just wasn't as visual tactile as I would like. So I made my own process for entrepreneurs who don't have, you know, big corporate bucks and called it sticky digital web. And it is essentially focusing on ensuring that anybody who comes to your platform, be that social media or website is taken on a sticky journey where they get stuck, they consume, they want to consume some more, some more, some more. And then before they know it, they've had like four to 11 different touch points with you, which psychology says is what's needed in order to know, like, trust, and be able to make a conversion. So if we get them, let's keep them stuck and make sure they go on a really smart journey along the way. I love that. So the stick, you're just getting stuck on the site. You're very good at this too, by the way. Like I visited your site 
And I'm like, oh, that's a great blog post. Oh, that's good content too. Like it makes people want to keep reading. So how do we do this? Because it sounds, it's one of those things where it's like, we all want this. This sounds amazing, but it's very hard to execute. Completely. Yeah. It's not super hard. It just takes some thought and it's really like a headphones in cup of coffee, couple of hours to plan it out for the next month or two, and then you're good to go. But what you said was a perfect descriptor of you landed somewhere and then you couldn't help yourself. You went from blog to content. Like that's the visual journey. The way that I like to teach this is starting with the end in mind. And it really depends on the goal. And if the goal is traditionally to have a free resource that they're opting in for so that you're building your email list or or perhaps that free resource detonates your evergreen funnel that sells your offer for you, no matter what that that actual thing that happens after somebody gives you their email is, if that's the goal, how do we reverse engineer everything that we're doing with our content plan so that we get them to opt in? And that's really what the journey needs to look like. Now, I know a lot of people in kind of like a scrappy space of like, I'm ready to make some money. I'm ready to sell my offers. The end goal for them is no, I want a conversion to be made. So should I be leading them to the point of getting to my sales page? And really it's just a little too fast and furious for that to happen unless you've got a low ticket or a tripwire situation, let's say under a hundred dollars. So I tell everybody else, start with the end in mind and the end being a freebie. Cause once they're on your email list, you have so much more ownership of understanding their behavior, what they open, what they click on, if they respond, all that good stuff. So if our end goal is our free resource, and then we reverse engineer to the beginning, and let's say your main platform is Instagram, the very beginning is an Instagram post, and the very end is they opted in. You could have that Instagram post say, go grab my freebie, or you could have that Instagram post say, hey, read this blog. It's really going to help you take what I just said into so much more detail. You read the blog, and within the blog, it says, here's the freebie. So how many steps do you want to get to the end plan is the sticky web and you just go week by week and say this one goes straight to the end point and this one takes two steps to get to the end point and you you kind of master it that way. So for you, do you use Instagram as that initial point? Because I know you are very active on Instagram. I believe you have an Instagram course. Is that your spot for people to get in to know you and stick to you? Yeah. (laughs) Um, Instagram is our main social platform. We do use Facebook group, um, obviously the email list, but really Instagram's the the number one jumping off point for us. And what do you suggest for people in terms of not just Instagram specifically, but creating content? Because obviously this is a big content creation game. I Mm -hmm. teach people how to pitch the media to earn publicity in other places. So you're not paying for that. You're still going to get those inbound leads, but it's on somebody else's platform you teach people how to do this on their own platform. So you're creating all of this content, which we'll get to that in a second, but let's like jump ahead for a second. Where are we putting this content? For you, it's Instagram. Instagram can be tricky. Like I have a love-hate relationship with it. I don't totally use it for business because I want it to be fun. And I'm afraid that if I used it for business, I would just get so annoyed. So where should people be putting this content, Instagram or anywhere else? Yeah, it really depends on where their audience is hanging out. My audience is on Instagram, so I've had to, you know, beat that algorithm beast, even though it does get frustrating sometimes, it's worth it. But if your people are hanging out on Facebook or LinkedIn or Pinterest, where are they most? And then being able to utilize that as kind of your crowning content cadence platform. And then if you have two secondary pieces, you can oscillate between the three or the two, however scrappy you want to get with an omnipresence plan, completely up to you, but start small, start with where your people hang out and just really master that before you expand. How do you master that? Because it's a time consuming thing. 
Yeah, it really comes down in the, like if you were to start a profile from scratch, no matter the social platform, you want to understand how you want to get a good amount of content out there and understand how your consumer is consuming. Are they scrolling randomly or are they searching? And that's obviously going to differ if it's YouTube and, and uh, Google and which would be your blog and uh, Pinterest, or if they are just randomly enjoying themselves on Instagram and Facebook and you're intruding that space and knowing how that intrusion should happen and, and what you want to say. And that really comes down to just understanding each of the platforms. So if you're going to do YouTube, you're most likely going to watch a YouTube course. You're going to watch YouTube videos about how to YouTube and you're going to understand, oh, okay, people are searching actively. So I need to do keywords in my title. I need to have, um, you know, 10 videos out prior to ever really trying to monetize this, et cetera. I'm making that up. That could be really bad YouTube advice. I'm not on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> With Instagram in particular, you really want to have when you get somebody on that um, profile of yours, you really want to have a backlog of content so that they're able to immediately understand who you are and what you have in store for them. So your plan might be, okay, I'm going to start and make sure I have at least 15 posts out. Those posts are going to vary between my three main content pillars or my free resource, whatever that is. I'm going to make sure the link in my bio goes straight to my free resource. So I have an opportunity to capture their information and perhaps my bio, while it explains who I am and, and who I serve, it has a call to action to just DM me the word hello. And then from there, I, you know, start a conversation or give them some free advice and these small little touch points on the platform. Once they exist, once you've kind of pumped that out there and optimized it, going out and finding people is a bit of a give in order to get situation in the early days until the machine starts to pick up and your content's being served for you. And I'm imagining like a spreadsheet with the all the things to do, a calendar with a time block on go in and engage, post this this day. Like it's it's almost got to run like a well-oiled machine if we are treating this as a proper inbound ecosystem. Mm -hmm. Completely. Yeah. A spreadsheet is a great choice. We use a spreadsheet for our community nurture, which is what we call this process. Um, or follower growth. We have we have two tabs there. So one of them is you don't know me yet. I'm going to go out and find you off of key terms. So I'm going to type in I serve entrepreneurs. I'm going to type in entrepreneur. Um, I'm going to type in CEO, little things of that sort. Find people who I'm not yet connected with and start to consume their content. Give them a post. Um, comment, give them a story response, send them a DM, follow them, show that I'm interested, have them come back and do the same and start to build a relationship. If that's reciprocated, we'll add them to this follower growth sheet to say, hey, this person did come through, express interest, let's keep it up a bit and make sure that we can turn this into a viable relationship. And then once it is a viable relationship, that community nurture sheet, same rules apply, but we just now already know who these people are. So we're not doing the active search. We're just typing in their handle, giving them some love on their content and hoping that this interaction turns into more of a sales opportunity over a, a slow and steady timetable. I'm guessing you have a team who helps you execute this because this sounds like a lot of work. I do, but I did it all myself for the first two years of business. And it's really the, the, the backbone of the community that I built. And it wasn't an obscene amount of people. So I've been able to increase the amount of people that I've touched on the Instagram or social ecosystem. But really it was what is now, let's say 200 in a week was 20. And those 20 people, 10 of them were my first clients. And uh, my price point was in the four figure range. So that those small, intimate, intentional things make such a difference and you can do it by yourself. It does not need to be massive. You can do it by yourself and people know they need to do this by themselves, but they don't because it sounds so easy to say, oh, just go be social on social media. But I, this is the first time I've ever heard anybody say, 
that they have a spreadsheet with two tabs, one to get the followers and one to nurture them. And in our minds, this is something that we all need and need to be doing, but we don't because it feels like, it sounds terrible to say, but it feels like mindless work, but it's the most important work that you could do to have that inbound ecosystem. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, if you think about business, like this online business that you have, and a lot of the people listening to this, I understand are expertise or information based. You have a skill set, you've packaged it up into an offer suite. You now sell those offers. You have marketing options to get in front of people. You have social media, organic, you have paid, you have your blog. You've got all these things that have a, a longer or a shorter timetable of finding the person, converting the person. And when you give an order to get on social, it is one of the fastest ways in which you can get your expertise and then convert in front of your ideal client. So if we're talking about needle moving tactics in order to get in front of people, why wouldn't the mindless work, I'm putting that in air quotes, of spending an hour every day to nurture 20 independent individuals be super worth it? Because even if two of them convert to your $3,500 consulting package, it's worth it. That's amazing. I think this is like this, we're not done yet, but I feel like this is going to be like the biggest takeaway of the podcast is people creating these spreadsheets with these tabs. I think that's so important. Um, Tell me about your content creation process because Mm -hmm. you're creating, obviously when it comes to getting things inbound, you're creating a lot of content. So your content, it's so pretty. And I mean, you're obviously beautiful. Your branding is always looking so nice. I told you, I I checked out your website today and I was like, oh, I want to read this. I want to read this. I want to read this. So tell me about your content creation process, the scheduling, the execution, all of it. Totally. First off, the prettiness, and thank you, um, is done by a designer that we paid one time 200 bucks to get a bunch of Canva templates made. So you do not have to struggle and be the graphic designer if you are not that person. The um, creative agency who made our logo and our typography and our color suite for our branding, we reached out and said, could you turn this into a bunch of social posts? And here's kind of what we talk about and how it it needs to look. And they sent us about 100 Canva slides for stories and 100 Canva slides for posts. And we just rinse and repeat, use those over and over and over again. So the actual imagery process, very minimal time wise. Um, and the, the creation, we use ClickUp as our project management software, but you could do this in a spreadsheet. You could do it in Asana, Trello, whatever works for your brain. And it is a week by week um, listicle style breakdown. So we do five posts a week, one Monday through Friday. Uh, we change between a still image and a reel. So we do a, a video every other day. So on one week, you would imagine we have a Monday, Wednesday, Friday video, but on the next week we have a Tuesday, Thursday video. So it makes for only 10 videos in a month over four weeks, which I know that was a lot to hear, (laughs) but you've got three, two, three, two over the four weeks. And so with that, everything else is an image, which we utilize those pre-made graphic templates. And then it's just writing out the caption and going from there. We do this, like I said, in ClickUp with um, the five days as independent tasks, and the task is titled with kind of the headline of the post. So today we're talking about how to create content. It's the create content post. Inside of it, you find the caption, the hashtags, the image for approval, and then that's scheduled and sent out from there. And we create a month in advance at a time so that you have the whole month ready to go, locked and loaded. That's amazing. And I'm going to assume this is something you started doing it on your own. As you grew, you have a team who assists you. Yep. Same process, but exactly. I did it myself and now I have someone who helps me. Perfect. And I love Canva. I'm obsessed with Canva. I'm in Canva almost every day. It is like my everything. I love it so much. Um, Let's go back to the content creation. Talk to me about the, the photo shoots and the videos and what people need to do on a regular basis, because 
a lot of my, my listeners, they are their personal brand. So we can't be using all this stock photo. We can't be using these stock images. Like we have to see you and you're very good at, about this as well. So how should people create this content that actually shows them in it? Besides, obviously I'm a big fan of the, the phone tripod and the self timer. Like people don't need to make it that difficult. Like it's super easy to take pictures of yourself and video of yourself with your phone, but what else can people do and keep in mind? For photos, we do two photo shoots a year and there's a big focus on kind of like B-roll shots in that photo shoot so that it doesn't have to be my face constantly, even though we did curate these photos ourselves. So we've got the, you know, the smiling, the serious, the, we want to prepare for kind of every emotional thing we're going to say. We're going to talk to you about the three worst things, the three myths that you're suffering from. And in that instance, I'm probably not smiling. I have a more serious face. And then we're going to talk about like the card is open. Yay. And now here I am smiling. So we pre-plan emotions, outfits, and then different scenes, as well as B-roll twice a year, get all of that fodder and then utilize it within all of our social, all of our landing pages, et cetera. Um, with the video, we will then utilize some images of me and or some of the B-roll images and just do them as like a fast cut, how you can do that in Canva where you have all of those images and you export it as an MP4. So we'll literally just make a reel in Canva with our own photos and then put like a tweet over top of it or a graphic quote over top of it. And those are actually performing really well right now, um, surprisingly. And it takes nothing more than just popping the templates into Canva. And then for everything that I do on camera, it is the same old song and dance as everybody else. It's the tripod, it's the solo, it's, you know, it's all that good stuff. And because we're only doing those 10 reels per month, I would say, four of them, five of them even are the graphics. So I'm only actually filming myself on camera in four to six reels every single month. And a lot of people don't even realize that like, even if they see something last month, they're going to forget about it. If they see the same image for or, or video clip for like three seconds, they've totally forgotten. You have different headlines, you have different captions. It's yeah, that's amazing. Okay. Tell us how you have, um, the sophisticated suite, which I love the name of it. Tell us about the sophisticated suite. And then I want to learn like in all of this busyness, you decided to like open up a freaking brick and mortar. I know. So <laughs> before, before we get to that, um, how could people work with you more if they need help with this? Cause this is a lot, but like, I'm a big fan of inbound marketing and not spending money to get leads because it is so much easier to convert them when they come to you because they like what you're putting out there. Um, and people need help with this because it is a shit ton of work and you help them do this. So talk to me about the sophisticated suite and then we'll get into your other business venture. Yes, absolutely. So sophisticated CEO suite is a support channel if you want my help in basically architecting your business. Prior to that level, I have courses that shouldn't even be called courses. They're like master programs. It is my brain on business to a T, every swipe, every script, everything's done for you. Go like DIY your own adventure in an incredible way. And then when you're ready to come up and have me support you in it and basically grade your report card, Hey, Shannon, I wrote my pitch. I put together my offers. What do you think about this social content? I give you thorough feedback in it in a month-to-month -month basis for six months. Um, so to your point about Instagram, we have a course called Five Figure Instagram, and it's all things how to use the platform for reach, relationships, and revenue, which all three have their own protocols and, and processes. When you're doing that, when you're like, all right, this is working, and I love it, and I want to come up and chat with Shannon about how I now take all of this content on the app and monetize further, you'll come into sophisticated CEO suite and I'll support you in that capacity. Perfect. And I will link to your Instagram as well as your website 
in the show notes for this episode. So people can go there to find out more and your business, the social bungalow, it is not just online, but it is also a place you can literally walk into in Las Vegas. Like how did this come to be? Um, my husband and I, when we first started dating, we had shared just early fun dreams. And this is pre-social bungalow. I'm in the corporate world, et cetera. And we had both said we want to have a coffee shop or a co-working space. And I'm sure so many people listening to this too share that dream. It's just such a like community and a vibe and like, oh, it just sounds like it feels so good. And it was not a fully formula formalized, we're going after it until the social bungalow really started to kind of prove itself. And we were able to say like, wow, we have an opportunity here with this online business that has very minimal overhead. It's just kind of a profit machine. What do we do with all this? What do we want to do with it? Do we want to save it, invest it, build something more? And that's when the coffee shop co-working space came back up. And it really is a physical embodiment of the digital brand. So even though it's it's bungalow coffee, um, it's not the social bungalow coffee. It really is the a social space for people to come full cafe, co-working, et cetera. So when did this open in relation to the social bungalow? Yes, um, social bungalow is at the four and a half year mark and bungalow coffee opened a year and a half ago. So okay. that's amazing. Okay. So how different is it running a brick? I mean, I can't even imagine. It's completely polar opposite in any one thing you want to pick a topic. It's polar opposite. Like it's low ticket, quick consumption, fast. Um, Whereas let's say on the social bungalow side where such impact driven work is, it's very deep. It's, you know, I need to figure out, oh, it's so heady. I need to figure this out. I'm trying to make an impact. I'm trying to change my life. On the other side of bungalow coffee, I can hand you a really good cup of coffee. And you're like, my day was made. That's all you needed to do. Thank you. (laughs) So real juxtaposition across the board, but it's actually been you know, obviously very stretchy, but very, very fulfilling. I'm extraordinarily happy with where it is right now. Um, And so we'll see what happens, you know, maybe I'll franchise. (laughs) Oh my gosh. That's so, that's so cool. And how do you split your time between like when you work on the online business and then when you work on the brick and mortar? I work 90% of my time on the online business now because Bungalow Coffee has a manager and it's completely autonomous at this point. Um, And then my husband overviews a lot of that as well because he does, we're co-owners in both businesses now since he's left his corporate career as well. But um, there's only so much he can do on a female centric side of the social bungalow. And he is a project manager by trade and very logistics heavy. So he's great with the behind the scenes, but then when it comes to all the front facing, all the client work, et cetera, he then will take that time and go focus on the coffee shop. You said the social bungalow, it's like a profit machine, which obviously gives you opportunities to, you know, like, Hey, let's do this. Let's open up this. I've always said, I want a bookstore. That's a co-working space. Because I feel like bookstores, you know, like they keep closing and I'm like, well, like get with the times making them a co-working space, but, you know, bring people in, put some coffee and let's add some books to bungalow coffee. Um, (laughs) So what you said, it was a, it's a profit machine. What made it a profit machine in such a short time? Cause that's a short time to, to build an online business and, and make it so profitable. 
Yeah, thank you. It is in the process of scaling out of done for you and more into DIY. So self-study passive products. Um, and everybody always says like, you know, passive income is so sexy. And then the other side says, there's no such thing as passive income because you have to do work to get there. And it's all true. But really when you do the front loaded work of taking your genius and putting it into a container that maybe isn't completely coursified, but it's uh, done with you. There's, you know, a lot of self-study curriculum and then there's group calls or whatever that looks like, even for service providers, it really allows for you to take the amount of hours that you would have spent repeating yourself to each independent client and allow for them to learn in a deeper capacity because it's in video form they can rewatch it they can pause you they can take notes and then come to you and ask questions and go further um, when you're doing the, the doing in a high ticket service awesome i'm not taking that away from you but personally scaling out of done for you marketing. I was kind of doing outsource director of marketing in the beginning, and then I moved into more of a strategist role and now taking a lot of those two components and fueling it into watch these videos, utilize these templates, and then come to me and we'll, we'll nuance some details together has made the biggest difference for time and volume. Yeah, no, I get it. I've kind of been doing something similar with my business. I have my agency, but I have my team who does all of the done for you stuff. And I'm there, you know, it's obviously it's my business, it's my brand. So I'm there overseeing everything, but the day-to-day -day is executed by the team. And then I have the online course and then I have the done with you, like VIP version of the online course where as you execute, let's get on calls and let's talk about it. Cause I know personally for me, I will never buy a coaching program where I don't get that upgraded service where I'm talking to the course creator and where we're jamming on what I'm talking about, because I feel like you need that support as you execute. So I love that lesson of like, you can do one thing, but you can serve it to different people in different ways. That's best for them at that point in their, in their career. Mm -hmm. I always say that imagine your ideal client has been walking around the Sahara desert and they are desperate for a glass of water. They see you across the way you're holding water. They come sprinting over. They're like, oh my gosh, finally, I've been looking for you. And then you hold them back with, and you don't give them the water because you're hemming and hawing about whether it should go in a tall, thin glass or a short, wide glass. It's like no, they just want the water. They want the water. Let them get the water. So with the container thing, it's like, you are going to be giving them your brilliance and it's going to, you know, let's talk PR. It's going to help them understand. They're going to grasp it da, 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 and then they're going to get to talk to you. So as you start to increase your profit margin by having less of your time involved and shave off some of that and put it into self-study videos, not losing the, the bread and butter of getting to talk to you or having you look at their work, but still getting as much as you can into a done for you DIY container, the better for them anyways. Yeah. That's amazing. That water analogy is like spot on. I did a boot camp earlier and I did an analogy on hiring somebody who used to work in the media to do your PR. And my analogy was hiring a police officer to, to commit a crime instead of a career criminal. I was yeah. like, I need a better analogy. I shouldn't be talking about hiring people to commit crimes in my analogy. So I need to find a better one than that. Like somebody well, who's behind the scenes. I'm torn now because I could see a career criminal being just as good as a police officer. So who was the better person? No, it's the police officer because the police officer officer knows what to look for because he's yeah. been on both sides. The career criminal only sees one side. The police officer sees both sides. So okay. he's the better one. So I tell him I'm the police officer because I'm the media. Nice. But I need a better analogy. That's not about hiring people to commit crimes because that I one. Know, I like it. <laughs> okay, thanks. It's sexy, right? <laughs> okay, Shannon, anything else you want to add that I should have asked before we say goodbye? Hmm. Not necessarily. I think even back on the content conversation, because maybe that was a lot, to, like it was inspiring. Okay. This is well, doable. content's a lot like creating okay. it and executing it. It's a lot. 
Truly. Yeah. And I, I think really, if you sit down and you just kind of cast yourself with two bookends, the back one is getting them onto your email list. And the front one is putting out quality content that talks about your, basically your, your offers expertise, what it is that you're going to sell them and reverse engineering what you're selling them into these tiny little, what do they need to believe? What do they need to understand? What do they need to come to the table already knowing, putting that in your content just to keep it lean for a starting point or an optimization point, make all your content about the topic that your offer serves and then make the opt-in point be, or the endpoint be an opt-in. And then from there, when they're on your email list, perfectly primed, thus just coming from a conversation about the topic your offer provides a solution for, go in for the sale. And just repeat that, like topic on offer, opt-in, sale, do, 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 and have those three uh, steps in the process happening to where you feel really confident. It's kind of a muscle. You flexed it. Now you're stronger. You can start to infuse different types of content or different platforms. But for right now, just get people opting into your email list and buying your stuff, get proof of concept, and then go from there. And I think the important thing to mention is, yes, it is a lot of work. However, this is your number one marketing strategy. This is how all the leads come to you. Like this could literally be the only marketing you do, and it can build your business to a profit machine. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Shannon, thank you so much. Thank you so much. This was awesome. How amazing was that? If you liked it, if you know somebody who will like it, then make sure you tap copy on the link for this episode and share it with your fellow female business owner so they can soak up all of that goodness. And if you haven't already, you know I would love for you to tap that subscribe button. Come follow me on social media. Tell me hi and give me some recommendations for other guests or future episodes or some more topics. Like what are you struggling with right now? Tell me what you're struggling with. Tell me what your problems are. I will do an episode on trying to find you a solution. If I don't have the solution, I will reach out to my network and I will find it for you. Thank you so much for being here with me on Become a Media Maven. If you want more resources, you know you can head to the show notes and get all that stuff from Shannon. You can also get 16 places to pitch to be a contributor online. I have a PDF for you to download there. So check that out. Anything else, hit me up on the socials. I'm happy to help. Make it a great day.